Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Councilmember Mitch Nowakowski with us in the first segment. Councilmember, good morning. How are you? Doing well this morning. Lots to get into uh, with you. Your political future, what's going on here in Western New York. And I want to start with that first, with that second one. What's going on here in Western New York? I have to admit, I didn't hear about this until Wednesday. Had no idea what was going on. And then uh, the news of the Postal Service and moving processing out of Buffalo. Explain to the listeners what exactly is going on. So, yeah, so the uh, one of the large locations on William Street is a huge uh, postal processing uh, center in my district. And the Postal Service really wanted to move, deconstruct it, and move all of our mail to Rochester. So if I'm mailing a letter to my neighbor across the street, it would go get processed in Rochester and then come back. It makes zero sense. And Congressman Higgins you know, brought a really good uh, point up in saying that the Postmaster General is uh, somebody that the you know Congress is trying to take out because you know really the, he has a career in logistics and really wants to almost you know deconstruct the Postal Service so that private entities can take it and it's just ridiculous and uh, so we stood up and uh, fought back and they were going to you know really you know not only just eliminate jobs but they were going to move the entire processing facility in my district to Rochester and uh, once we had a press conference and we you know joined uh, arms with local elected officials and the union members uh, they then pivoted and are now not having that hearing anymore um, and are you see backpedaling from that decision. So the original was to literally get rid of all the processing jobs and move them. Why was it Rochester instead of the other way around? Was that ever addressed? No, it was really it wasn't addressed. But Congressman Higgins brought up a good point where he thinks that it's a lot of it uh, is up, brought up to regionalism, and they wanted to move it further, further, and further. So yeah, they might have been moving it, wanting to move it to Rochester, but then you know eventually five years down the line they could want to move it to Syracuse. But ultimately, you know, really just try to eliminate these these processing centers. Now the public hearing did not take place. They postponed the public hearing. There will still be one, I believe, on the thirty first, a, a public hearing, or um, will that be to that was delayed. So that one's also delayed. Yeah, that was delayed. So that one's delayed on the on the 31st. And as you said, the Postal Service is now saying that jobs, uh, career jobs would not be affected and that processing wouldn't be affected. But the original plan, I mean, if you're going to move processing out of Western York, like you said, if I wanted to mail something across the street, it has to go all the way to Rochester. I'm better off just walking across the street. Makes zero sense. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, when it's all said and done... If the USPS moves out of Western New York, we, we are talking about many job, many Western New York jobs from all over the region. Yeah, and you know, honestly, what I have said is, you know, a delay in service is a delay of duty. 
of the Postal Service. I mean, this is something that's, you know, that, that is our right to have a, uh, you know, Postal Service that services everybody. And, you know, we cannot, you know, pay taxes and, and be good community members and then, you know, get a delay and diluted service from the Postal Service. So Congressman Higgins has fought this off 10 years ago. And, you know, right before he leaves, he joined the fight to fight it off again. It is interesting that it keeps coming back around, though. It you does. know, a decade ago, this was an issue, and now it comes back. So it's delayed, but no doubt we'll be talking about this in the future. Oh, absolutely. Now, you mentioned the press conference. You were there. Uh, State Senator Tim Kennedy was there. Brian Higgins was there. Congressman, we'll be talking to him next segment. State Senator Tim Kennedy uh, is going for Brian Higgins' seat, and now you will be going for Tim Kennedy's state Senate seat. What made you want to run for that position? So right now I'm actively seeking the nomination from the Erie County Democratic Committee. And I've been a part of the committee for since I was 18 years old. So uh, really the the chairman is really in a pickle right now because you have the chairwoman, April Baskin, and you have myself seeking the nomination to replace Senator Tim Kennedy. And I got big shoes to fill in Tim Kennedy. He's a hard worker. He brings people together and he delivers. And, you know, state Senate seats, you know, don't come up that often and to be able to deliver like a state senator is something you know that's incredible and uh you know i love being a council member if i wasn't to get the nomination uh, i get to have a great career and keep delivering uh but to be able to fight for my district and to fight for the city of buffalo um and chictawaga lackawanna and uh those those municipalities on a higher level is something that i'm really interested in doing and you know to fight for people that are living with disabilities seniors economic development workforce development you name it, to be able to do that in a capacity as a state senator is something that's super incredible. So, you know, you, you I don't want to look back in 10 years and say, oh, you know, I could have and would have, should have, you know, life is meant for the living. You got to go in there and, and throw your hat in the ring and uh, we'll see how this plays out. Now, that would be for the special election. Say you didn't get the nomination. Would you go for that seat in a general election? Uh, no. I, I mean, I'm a Democrat, so I, I want to seek the Democratic line to be able to, to fight for that seat. And I really want to talk about, you know, the 63rd Senate District is massive. So you're talking, you know, west side and the entire east side of Buffalo. You're talking the tar- entire town of uh, Chictawaga, Lackawanna, South Buffalo. Um, it's a big district, and uh, it needs someone that's going to fight really hard to bring back resources for them. And, uh, you know, you represent almost everyone in that Senate seat. I mean, it's, you know, racially, geographically, extremely diverse. And my district now on the council is extremely diverse. I represent Broadway Fillmore, Genesee Moselle, the old First Ward. I represent the waterfront, Allentown, uh, everyone, you know, you know, every segment of the city. And I know how to, you know, get in there, figure out their issues and bring people together and, and help deliver, you know, services. On, on their behalf. And you mentioned April Baskin, uh, legislator, uh, leader in the legislature, legislature uh, was invited to this show. Couldn't make it this week, but obviously we'll be having her on uh, in a future episode of Hardline. Uh, so we'll keep our eye on that state Senate seat. That's, you know, Tim Kennedy will be running for uh, Congressman Higgins seat, which he is stepping away from Friday. So we should know next week when that election would take place. And I'm guessing the process would be after that one's named, then the state Senate process will uh, start to begin. Yeah, then it begins to unfold. Okay, so we'll keep our eye on that. That's, I'm telling you, we're learning a lot of things. A lot of opportunities to go to the ballot box this year. Yeah. You know, special elections. Obviously, you have a primary if you're Republican, and then the uh, big election in November. So but very also, active election season. Yeah, and I also want uh, you know, voters to not get tired out because you're going to have, if you're a Democrat, you're going to have the presidential delegates. You're going to have a special election. You're going to have primaries. You're going to have a general election. So there's going to be a lot of voting that's taking place. And, you know, that's, you know, 
you've got to be able to, to engage you know, democracy and get out there and vote. That's right. All right. Back to the city council. As you mentioned, you have a, a big district in the city uh, council right now. The fluoride issue got a lot of attention, obviously. Um, where do we stand on that now? Is fluoride going to be or has it returned to the water in the city of Buffalo? Yeah, so you brought up a good point. So I think what was shocking was really the silence that the council was getting uh, from, you know, from from the uh, the water board and really engaging with them. And they were releasing statements. Um, and, you know, council member David Rivera was, you know, was really hard set on this and was was the, was the leader of this. Um, and the council stayed on top of it. So it will be returning. Uh, the council has been engaging the water, uh, you know, authority and, and water board and Department of Public Works. And, and those responsible entities to make sure that it's back in there. We heard from residents, and um, we're on we're on top of it. And, and you know, in politics and in bureaucracy, at times, you know, it's a lot of it is almost babysitting and saying, "Look, I'm not going away. I represent people. This is an important matter." And uh, that's where you're starting to see. I worked for the council before I was a council member, and I'm seeing a firmer, stronger council that's standing up, staying on top of things, um, and getting answers. And Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I think that's something that that's that the council should be proud of. Were you surprised how many people had an opinion on fluoride? I when was they shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> and, you know, um, I think that, you know, also like the dental associations and people that were uh, interacting with the council said, look, this is something really you guys got to keep your eye on the ball. And especially with the data, you know, look, nothing is, uh, you know, stronger than cold hard facts. So when we had people present facts and, and really the implementation process of it and, and, you know, what it means to public health is really incredible. Yeah, I, I always tell the story. I, I grew up in a small town that didn't have fluoride, and we had to take little fluoride, you know, pills every day with our our Flintstone vitamins. So I, I've known about fluoride because when we moved there, I was like, you no longer have to take that other uh, vitamin, just your Flintstone vitamin now. So that was uh, <laughs> that fluoride's been in my vocabulary a little longer. Uh, speaking, also keeping it in the city of Buffalo. Obviously, we just had back to back snowstorms, and you know, a lot of focus on the city of Buffalo after the blizzard of 22. And, you know, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of calls we took on my street still, you know, buried and, and this and that. Did you notice the improvements 
during these last two winter storms. Yes, and you know how, uh, just to crack a joke, you know how, uh, as a Buffalo councilman, you know uh, something's better is when you don't get your teeth kicked in by your constituents. They said, wait a minute, I, I don't have enough calls yet telling me that they got to they get plowed. I'm like, we must be doing something right. Um, but, you know, as you know, I really fought hard for an emergency manager and council member uh, or council president now, Chris Scanlon, and I um, and other members really fought for capital purchases of equipment. And that's the biggest change that I could see is not only do we have more contractors that are helping our de- Department of Public Works, but I see better equipment coming down and clearing snow, um, but also, you know, our constituents adhering to parking regulations. So, you know, people are always saying, you know, my friends that live in the suburbs, well, you know, I live in Chictawaga, I live in Lancaster, this is done in two seconds. And the fact of the matter is, is, you know, when you live in the city, like I, I don't have a garage. I live in an ex- extremely one-way dense neighborhood um, that's a one-way, no garage and, um, you know, on-street parking. So, you know, when you have you know, people that are not adhering to proper parking, you're bottlenecking streets. You can't clear snow. You can't be able to get a dump truck down there and and properly remove. So with cooperation, with access to information, with our emergency manager, with um, now more capital purchase of a better equipment, we're starting to see snow clear, you know, even better. Oh, when I lived on Crescent, the amount of tickets that I got in college, living on Crescent off a of Parkside because, you know, oh, Thursday, 8 o'clock, you got to switch your car. Uh, I forgot. And you realize, and you know, you realize that you got to switch over when you're trying to get a plow down yeah. a, a one-way street with cars parked on, on two sides. Yeah. And, as, you know. As a stubborn college kid, I made a lot of mistakes. Again, as you said, coming from the suburbs, moving into the city, it was it was a lesson. And now, like— I'm glad I have that perspective. I wish I was just a little smarter as a college kid. Yeah, look, you know what? You know, these uh, you know, these things take learning curves and that that's life in the big city and the emergency um what was the the manager. The, the emergency manager. Yeah. How did that play into this snowstorm and what does that job entail say in the middle of july so really you know what that's the that's a really good question because i was when i was explaining it to people emergency managers you know go in they build the infrastructure to make sure that you can respond um during snowstorms or any really truly emergency that we have you know global pandemics you know we had a mass shooting i mean we have you know events in the city of buffalo that we need to properly plan for you can't plan for everything but um, you know, to have the infrastructure to be able to get disseminate information. And, you know, what they do in July is really what they're uh, doing is they're writing grants for, you know, equipment and making sure that our police and fire are properly equipped and trained, um, staying on the latest technology and making sure that, you know, we're properly equipped during these, you know, these really extreme situations. Uh, another question, this might go more for uh, the state Senate position, but, you know, a big debate in the city of Buffalo has been the whatever you want to call it, the cap on the 33, right? You've got um, people that want to put the, I think it's a 0.8-mile cap. You've got other people I've had, um, uh, members of the other, uh, Betty Jean Grant, who wants to just get rid of the 33 and put the parkway back as it was and put the park back uh, as it was before the 33 went through. Where do you stand on that? Do you support the cap or do you, would you like to see a removal of the expressway? Well, so that's a really good question. So I want to break it down to so people can really digest it. So, you know, this, you know, this, this plan to be able to do that has been in the works for 25 years. And so the money that's allotted is, you know, for the project right now. And the Department of Transportation has done a lot of work um, to be able to show what this looks like. And I want, you know, people when they talk about traffic and taking an expressway down um, to really think of all that traffic's got to go somewhere. So is the arterial streets of Sycamore, William, Broadway, you know, that to get into the city of Buffalo, are they strong enough corridors to be able to move that traffic? Also, are residents going to want that that traffic rerouted in their neighborhoods? So we have to really think about, you know, 
are our lights synchronized? Do, do we have enough infrastructure on those streets when, when we're moving traffic out? Um, so I really support the, you know, the Department of Transportation and, and their planning efforts um, who have really worked hard to make sure that this is a reality. Being on the on the Buffalo Council, where do you where do you stand on public transportation? Do you think it could be better in the city of Buffalo? It can. So here's the thing. I'm the council member that likes to go when I travel and I go to other cities. You know, you look at dense urban areas and you look at what other urban areas are doing and they rely heavily on transportation. And, you know, I'm 32 years old. I'm a millennial. So, you know, we don't want to have cars. We want to be able to walk everywhere. We want to be able to hop, you know, hop a bus or a train and to be able to, you know, move, you know, freely, um, you know, without without, you know, being attached to a to a car. And so we do need to have access, you know, better access um, to uh, you know, to public transportation. I also think it's a stigma. I grew up in Orchard Park. And so, you know, when my friends are saying, oh, my God, we're going to hop on a bus and we're going to go there. And it's like this stigma that, you know, that you're somehow, you know, less than that you rely on public transportation. You go to San Francisco, you go to Los Angeles, you go to New York City, you go to, you know, to thriving, you go to Toronto. I mean, you go to thriving urban areas. They all rely on public transportation and it's, you know, safer, cleaner, and it's, and it's quicker to get to where you want to go. It is funny, though, how it is location. Like, I grew up in Amherst off of Main Street, and if we went downtown, it was the train. You park at South Campus, you take the train. It, it's so funny that, you know, if you didn't live on the train on the train route, your view of public transportation in Western New York is a lot different. Yeah, and let's think about this also from, you know, truly what public transportation is, and it's moving people to where they got to go. So when you're talking about seniors, you're talking about, uh, you know, those that are living with disabilities, uh, people that don't have cars, people that don't have access to services, they rely on public transportation. And, you know, this perception that you know I can't hop on a bus and you know interact with people um, or to get to where I want to go because of some type of stigma is ridiculous and we need to just reject that. Councilmember Mitch Nowakowski, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 